This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and I'm excited to be joined in studio today by a woman who has made a bold career move from the corporate to the nonprofit world where she is working as a tireless advocate for women and young girls. She is Pat Parcelin, CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts, and she's here with us to talk about today's Girl Scout. Welcome, Pat. Thank you so much, Sue. It's wonderful to be here. Well, we used to just think about cookies and badges when we thought about Girl Scouts, and boy, have we come along way. It's just not that way anymore. Tell us what it means today to be a Girl Scout. Absolutely, Sue. And as you know, we were talking earlier and we were both Girl Scouts, right? Yes. And we had a great experience around that. And today we are focusing so much around the STEM disciplines, around science, technology, engineering, and math. And I say that because it's really about building girl leaders, um, Mm -hmm. girls that are our future generation of scientists and doctors and moms and engineers. And we're so excited about offering the these opportunities around the STEM disciplines. So helping today's girls become the future leaders means connecting them to the potential of science, technology, engineering, and math. And exposure to the type of careers that they can have in STEM help them to develop a passion for these fields, which is preparing them for college, frankly, in our future workforce. Yeah, and it's funny because I used to remember when I thought of the Girl Scouts, I would think of that motto, be prepared, you know? And what it meant to me back then was more about like, be prepared, you know, safety-wise or that kind of thing. And now it's about being prepared in a whole different way, you know, being prepared to go out and seize every opportunity that's available to you and to be a leader and to take control of your life, you know, whether it be your financial, you know, well-being, your health, your career, you know, your personal life, right? It's really about the whole person, not just one area. Absolutely. And I believe strongly that Girl Scouts inspires girls to do these things. And also, it's about, you know, taking risks. And the most successful people are those that actually take risks and try new things and aren't afraid to do that. And I think by offering the girls the opportunity for hands-on learning allows them to come out of their comfort zone and to be successful in trying new things. And you guys are the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts. So what does that encompass? It's not a lot of geography. It's southern New Hampshire down to the Cape and Islands and everything east of Worcester. We have 35,000 girls that are our members, and we have 15,000 adult volunteers, and we're in 178 communities. So we're more dense, and Mm -hmm. uh, we have a huge population. We're one of the largest, actually, in the nation, one of the largest councils. That's amazing. So is it like it used to be, like there are troop leaders and there are weekly meetings, and what do those look like? We still have the traditional troop model, and really it's up to the leaders and the girls to decide how they want to go moving forward so they could decide to meet weekly, which is pretty typical, especially with the younger girls. Yeah. Or they may be the older girls that, you know, are also involved in other activities. They may have bi-weekly or bi-monthly meetings or once-a-month meetings. And sometimes with our older girls as well, they're individual Girl Scouts, so they want to continue on the Girl Scout spectrum and maybe go for one of their awards at a higher level. 
they tend to be a little more independent. Yeah, you mentioned awards. I know that there's a new award. Is it called the Gold Award? Yes. Well, and actually, it's a new name, but it's been around for 100 years. And this year, actually, 2016, we're celebrating 100 years of gold. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And it's quite special. People liken it a lot to the Boy Scouts Eagle Award. Okay. And what happens with that is a girl finds a project that will support the community. So there has to be community impact about that. She works with folks in the community, and it could be her community, or it could be the greater community, right? It could be outside of the States or, frankly, outside of the United States. And she comes up with a plan and to do something that's going to support the community, whether it's to, you know, grow a vegetable garden that's going to help food banks or to identify an opportunity where there could be signage throughout a park where people tend to get lost. But the thing of it is, is it has to be sustainable. It can't just be a one-time event. Oh, okay. And often the girl spends at least 80 hours over a year and a half to two years on that project. So it's a huge big deal, and it's such an honor. And if I could add one more thing about that, because we were talking about our daughters in college. Yes. When girls go to college, if they put on their application that they receive the gold award, they earned the gold award, colleges recognize that. And if a girl decides to go into the military, she starts at a higher level than she would have had she not earned the gold award. That's amazing. Yes. And do a lot of girls strive for that? Yes, the girls do strive for that. What they do before that to prepare them is they get their silver and their bronze award. They're learning and they're gaining those skills along the way to get the gold award. But I would say probably 10% of all girls actually earn the gold award. It's hard. And that's why it's so credible and it gives them so much merit going into something else because it's not an easy thing to obtain. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And they're working with community leaders, talking about their proposal and how they're going to do it. Not only are they being organized and coming together around what they want to do, but they have to present on it. They have to make it happen. They have to implement it and make sure it's sustainable. Do they still have like badges for different milestone things? Like I know they have these awards, but the sashes with the badges and what are those for? Because all I remember is like there was a sewing badge and a hospitality badge. but And a cooking badge. And a cooking badge (laughs) because that was back then. And I'm sure now those badges look a lot different. (laughs) Absolutely. And we do have badges and we have patches. And patches are really, maybe a girl goes to an event and has a one-time opportunity to experience something, but a badge is earned. I see. And you earn a badge when you learn a new skill set, but you've mastered the new skill set. So we have badges around computer coding today. Oh, wow. We have badges around the environment and environmental sustainability. We have badges around camping and learning how to start a fire. We have badges around first aid, um, essential skills that really serve the girls well. But it's not about just completing a one-time event. It's more like you said about demonstrating that you have an applied knowledge in that area. Absolutely. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Which then becomes something that you carry with you rather than just something you did for the sake of getting a badge. Absolutely. And so many times folks will ask our girls, what is that badge? How did you get it? And what does that mean? It's a great symbol of what they've been doing in their Girl Scout program. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. We've been talking with CEO Pat Parcelin about the evolution of the Girl Scouts and the amazing programs available today to young women. Let's get back to our conversation. I want to talk a little bit about misconceptions about the Girl Scouts. What would you say the main misconception would be today about what a Girl Scout does or looks like? Or Sure, that is a great question. 
I think folks may tend to still think about Girl Scouts as, you know, living in the suburbs with a stay-at-home mom, you know, middle class, not having any issues around financial support and things like that. But that's not true. In every community that we have, and I would say actually across the nation, we have girls with diverse backgrounds. We have girls that come from different types of families and may have different types of caregivers, whether it's an aunt, a mom and dad, etc. So girls come in all shapes and sizes, and Mm -hmm. they come from different backgrounds. And so we want to make sure that all girls, regardless of their situation, their neighborhood, their financial capacity, have the opportunity to be a Girl Scout. We'll never say no to a Girl Scout who wants to be a Girl Scout. And right now, it's $25 a year to be a Girl Scout, which is very modest. People are shocked when I say that some girls, some families can't afford that but it could be milk and bread and eggs for the week. And so we offer a financial aid to those girls as well. And we offer programs, whether it's in the suburbs or in the city, so that all girls can participate. And how are you funded? I mean, we all know that you make a lot of money from your annual cookie sales, but is that your main revenue stream? And how else do you get funded? Sure. So there's different pieces of our revenue stream. The cookies obviously are a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. The girl cookie bosses are out there selling the cookies. So a portion of that sale goes directly back to the troops to support the girls in whatever initiative they're interested in, whether it's going on a trip, giving back to the community, going to our STEM conference Mm -hmm. um, in April, etc. So a portion of those funds go back to the girls. And then the rest of it is used to support all of our programming. So all of the funds are used 100% to support whether it's, you know, camp or the many programs that we offer. We offer troop support because, you know, as you can well imagine, our camp is quite subsidized by the revenue because otherwise it would be unaffordable for so many girls. And we also do receive revenue from the programs that we offer. But again, it's very minimal and from camp and from philanthropy as well. I can tell by the way you're talking about the organization. You have a lot of passion for it. And I'm just wondering, because I know your background is you were in the corporate world for over 30 years, finance. Yes. And this is kind of a departure for you. This is something different. You just became CEO, was it this past fall? Uh, About 18 months ago. Okay, 18 months ago. So this is a big venture for you, and it's very different. Why did you choose this? Well, that's a great question. I'll tell you an interesting story. So I actually retired from financial services after 32 years. Yeah. And my husband's retired. And I decided that I have done what I had done. I had made the impact I wanted to in the corporate world. And I decided I was going to retire, maybe start writing a book. <laughs> and I'm still involved. Most with, people no, no. dabble in like a little part-time <laughs> job or a hobby. And you take on the CEO of the Girl Scouts <laughs> of Eastern Massachusetts. Hello. <laughs> well, I, I did retire for a year. And it was lovely, by the way. You know, one of the best things I've ever done in my life. It was so enjoyable. And then someone sent me this opportunity and said, Pat, I know that you're not looking for full-time work or any work at all, but I saw this opportunity and I couldn't think of anyone better than you. And so I was flattered, of course. And so I did some research and I thought, no, 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 I'm retired. I'm, I'm happy. I'm doing what I'm doing. But a few days later, I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know if you've ever done this, Sue. Oh, yes. I know what you're about to say. Go ahead. One thirty, And I woke up and I thought about it and I said, you know what? This so supports my personal strategy around women in leadership and empowering girls. And I have two daughters. I have four sisters. I have one granddaughter, one on the way. So to me, it was so important. And I I woke up and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. So I did. I went forth and, you know, was offered this opportunity. And it is a gift to be able to do this work. It is such a gift to me. And for me, it's about giving back. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been given opportunities in my life. I was a Girl Scout. I had an amazing career. And we all need to pay it forward and to give back. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, it's so funny that you say you get up at 1.30 in the morning. And I've had so many 
many moments of clarity in the middle of the night. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you're calm, you know, that and in the shower. Yes. I, I'm like, aha, you have these epiphanies. Like, this is what I should be doing. So that's amazing. And it's still a good fit for your skill set because you guys do a lot around like financial management with the girls and things like that, right? Oh, absolutely. And for me, coming from the corporate world, understanding sort of that big picture, understanding finances, which is so important, and, you know, budgets and human resources and all of that and financial literacy. I always say to people, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now with the Girl Scouts, I think I would have volunteered to teach financial literacy to young people and older people too. Right. (laughs) Because I think it's so important. And financial literacy is an important part of our curriculum at Girl Scouts as well. And I want you to talk a little bit about some of the things you've put into place since taking on the role. I know you've already established a mentoring program called the Emerald Leadership Circle. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sure. So what we did was we engaged senior executives in the greater Boston area. We invited them to what we called our inaugural, if you will, it was just been a year, our inaugural Emerald Leadership Group. And I presented to them on what was happening with Girl Scouts. These women got to also be, you know, able to network with each other, which was fabulous. And mm. they're, they're amazing women. It was a small group. Our plan is to actually grow that group. But the value of it is they have offered to mentor some of our girls and actually have their girls, you know, come visit them in their offices so that the girls can see what they can be, you know, because we all need role models that we can, you know, aspire to be and, and say that she was just like me one day and look at her now. She's this leader in, right. in this organization. And even if you have strong family role models, I feel like it's nice outside of that to have additional positive role models because Absolutely. your parents can't be everything, right? you know, and maybe they don't know anything about a career that you might aspire to. They'll listen to strangers better than they'll listen to us. Absolutely. Parents, right? <laughs> we all know that. Absolutely. What would you say has been your toughest challenge since coming into the position? Well, the difference, if you will, from being in the corporate world and being in a nonprofit world is that, you know, the wonderful volunteers that we have, we have 15,000 volunteers. And so probably my biggest challenge is not being able to meet everybody already because they're amazing and they give so much of themselves and of their time and they're an inspiration to our girls. Are all the troop leaders volunteers? Yes, all the troop leaders are volunteers. We do have a program where in certain communities, we partner with the school and we actually have some corporations who provide us with funds so that we can have trained facilitators, if you will, because it's held at the schools. Okay. So they go through the training, although all our volunteers get trained. Right. And we offer a lot of support. So I guess my biggest challenge, I guess if anything, I wish I could do more of would be to meet with those volunteers more one-on-one. Right. But you're such a big organization. And there's a it lot of them. impossible. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for them. They do yeoman's work. I mean. What about your proudest accomplishment? I know it's only been 18 months since you've sort of taken over the reins, but is there something that you're really proud of or something that you have your eye on that you're definitely looking to do in the near future? Yeah. So I have a great team. I'm so blessed with an amazing leadership team at the Girl Scouts. And we have realigned a bit within our organization. And I have moved pieces of roles and responsibilities around. And that's going really well. Um, And I could say I'm proud of it, but it's not me. It's the team. Well, you're still leading it and you're still the visionary. So that's good. But yes, I think you have to have really solid people under you. Absolutely. So they're doing the great work. They care so much about the girls and about the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, being in this world too has made my heart grow bigger, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and it's almost like it's not just a job. It's kind of a lifestyle, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and when you think about it, like even being here with you today, so one thing I think we've done a really good job 
since I've been in here. But again, huge kudos to my marketing team is getting the visibility around the Girl Scouts. Because as you said, the Gold Award isn't as prominent or in people's minds or even the Girl Scouts of today. Um, So it's great to be able to talk about that. Right. Like why have we all heard about the Eagle Scout and not all heard about the Gold Award for the Girl Scouts? Exactly. We need to kind of level that playing field. Absolutely. And let people know that the girls are doing good things too. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, if you are just tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Pat Parsons, CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts, is our guest today. She is filling us in on the amazing work of the organization and telling us about the leaders that they are currently shaping. Let's continue on. I want to talk a little bit about the volunteers again. How do you find them? If people who are listening want to get involved, whether they want to make a donation, whether they want to be a leader, how can people get involved? So the way we find volunteers is within 178 communities, we have service unit coordinators. So we actually have an individual that helps to reach out within the community to identify those women that will be role models for our girls. And in addition to that, we are at all the school open houses. We're always looking for amazing women and men to volunteer to be troop leaders and role models for our girls. Tell me the ages that you need to be to be a Girl Scout, because I remember there were brownies, Girl Scouts. Is that still how it goes, yeah. or is that is a brownie separate? They're all Girl Scouts, Okay, but we actually start with a daisy level now. Oh, the daisies. Yes, and actually my <laughs> granddaughter's a daisy in Winchester. Oh. And, a Winchester and how master. old are daisies? So they tend to be five and six years old, so okay. kindergarten and first grade. Yep. And then they're brownies, and they're you know cadets and juniors and senior ambassadors. So it goes from age five to 18, and then after 18, the girls go either off to college or to school or to the workforce with these great skills. Um, yeah, yeah, amazing. And volunteers skills. are typically 18 and older. Actually, they're probably more typically 25 and older. And you asked what changed from the past. Yeah. Our volunteers of yesteryear were typically stay at home moms. Now they're moms and dads, and most often they're also in the workforce. And by volunteering and being troop leaders, it's giving them skills and it's giving them a network of other men and women to connect with. Right. It's a community. And I think that, you know, you have to remember that the girls are all learning things from each other. And, you know, the adults are probably getting as much out of it as the kids do. They are. Like you said, your heart's growing and and you're getting as much as you're giving, you're getting back. And the adults get these, you know, lifelong friendships that they otherwise may not have had. And I've seen that when I've visited with service units and they're all together and they just have this great connection and they care so deeply about each other's success. You guys have been around a long time. You partner with a lot of organizations outside of your own. Talk a little bit about that and how important those partnerships are. Sure. So on the program front, we partner, for example, with the Museum of Science. And on Friday nights, we have sleepover at the museum, which I think I'm going to have to try to do that one of these times because it just (laughs) sounds super cool. I probably have 110 staff. And then, of course, we balloon with another few hundred in the summer. So we can do so much. So we partner with other organizations to offer programmings, which we think will be of huge value to our girls. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. And do you partner with any colleges in terms of preparing high school girls for college? Do you do any of that kind of thing? Absolutely, we do. And we have a huge partnership with Simmons College. We have joint conferences together. um, And we recently had a conference called Lead Your Way where we had amazing speakers come in and talk to the girls about their own journey. Um, And these are high school girls um, that come in and to get them inspired. Because when I think about it, we talked about our Leading Women event, which happened in March. And there's many colleges that are there supporting us because they know that these girls are their future students as well. What do you hope, and I don't know if you can pinpoint this in a sentence or two, but what do you hope that the girls take away from their experience as a Girl Scout? What is it that you want them? Because you want them to have a lasting benefit, right? And what would that be if you had to put it in words? Yes. 
Well, it's our mission, Sue. It's the girls that they go away feeling courageous, feeling confident, and going out into the world knowing that they want to make it a better place, whatever that may mean to them personally. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they're go-getters, they're innovators, they're risk-takers in their leaders. Within everything that they do, they care about community impact. And what would you say, looking at where you're going down the road, what is your hope for the Girl Scout organization as we move along into the future? There's so much that's changing about our world, whether it be technology or um, the opportunities that are now available to women. Like the STEM thing is huge. I have a daughter who's interested in going into engineering and it's a whole new world. And I can't believe how it's still such a new thing for women. It seems to me like we should be even further along than this, but at least we're moving in the right direction. And I just think that that's amazing. And, and what are you seeing down the road, if you had yes. to say, you know, five or 10 years from now? Absolutely. So, so number one, I want all girls to go away feeling not only so inspired, but knowing that they can do anything that they set their mind to, and that they've had these circumstances that gave them that confidence around that. And so when I think about the future, I think about continuing to keep relevant around the new technology. I mean, there are things in the next five to 10 years that we can't even imagine today. True. Right? That's so we true. need to be ready. We need to be ready to talk about those opportunities for the girls. And frankly, they're going to be building some of that technology that, that we can't even I was just going to say, yet. they're going to be our bosses. <laughs> they are going to be our bosses. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be running the world. Yeah. We want to make sure that they have that, that, that you know, we're a strong country, where we have strong communities, in that they have gender equality in, in the workforce as well, because what's good for, for women is good for families, it's good for the community, it's good for the world. So it's really important that we take care of take care of our women. Yeah. And you really put a strong focus on being a good mentor yourself and the people that are volunteering in your organization. Did you have a mentor growing up that was really instrumental in your life? Yeah. So I have many mentors. And actually today I would even call them my board of directors, my own personal (laughs) board of directors. But I would say, you know, my mom and my dad were incredible. And my mom is a woman of strength. She's going to be 84 years old. Oh, good for Um, her. She'll probably be mad that I didn't say, oh, she's 83. (laughs) My dad said, you can do anything you set your mind to. I think it was because I have four sisters and a brother that Mm -hmm. he was all, you know, also about, you know, women power. So them, I also babysat for this couple that were Austrian for many years, and they came to the United States with very little. And I remember they had a plaque in their kitchen that said, the world owes you a living, but you have to work hard to get it. So for me, it was like, you can do and you can be whatever you want to be, but you have to work for it. It doesn't just happen. And so that was very fundamental to me. In, Isn't in that what funny I did. that you remember I that remember plaque. exactly how, yeah, exactly. It's funny the things that we carry with us, isn't it? Which is why you should feel so good in knowing that you're making such an impact because I'm assuming that a lot of them stay with you for years and years and years as they grow up. And these are their, you know, these are years, their formation. Yeah. And at around age nine, that's when girls tend to start losing their self-confidence. They start to be a little shy and don't want to be smart in school and things like that. So, but I mentioned those things. Obviously I had adult mentors. When I was an adult as mentors, I had mentors, but I talk about these things as a child and be in my formative years. And of course my troop leaders, how could I forget them? They were so professional. I never remember them being gossipy or catty. It was always around all right, girls, this is what we're going to do. They were highly organized. They made us feel welcome. Mm -hmm. I mean, these formed, you know, these were things that formed the early years of my life. Yeah. We are running out of time, unfortunately. So if people are listening and they either want to become a Girl Scout or they are an adult who wants to get involved in the organization some way, tell us the website, how they can find out more information. Absolutely. So the website is Her. Girlscouts.org. Uh, and you find everything that you need there. And there's Absolutely contact everything. numbers if you need more information. 
Thank you, Pat, for sharing the Girl Scouts mission with us today and helping us understand the importance of this organization as you continue to have such an impact on young girls' lives. We wish you much success in your journey. It's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Sue. It's been my pleasure to have Pat Parcelin, CEO of the Girl Scouts of Eastern Massachusetts, as my guest on Exceptional Women. Remember that exceptional women are everywhere. We interview celebrities and authors and CEOs, but we are also interested in talking to teens and coworkers and neighbors who are just quietly making a difference. If you know someone like that, let us know. Go to magic1067.com and click on Exceptional Women and then join Tina Gow and me every Sunday morning at 7.30. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.